Well, now we're up to our quests. We have a letter here from a fan. This comes to us from a student in Paraguay named Lucy. Lucy writes, Dear Dave and Jake, Several years ago, I went scuba diving off the Floridian coast. While I was on the beautiful ocean floor, I realized there was a whole other world down there. I felt removed from my existence, as if I was myself trapped in a human body. It made me contemplate my place in the world, and made me wonder what it really means to be human. That is why I'm requesting a review of the game Soma, which related to my summer those years ago. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Soapstone. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Good. That's great. Uh, no, it's good. Oh. That's good. So, tonight... No, it's just good. <laughs> Sorry for literally uh, kneecapping this. Yeah, no, it just... <laughs> it's gone. Uh, we'll keep it anyways, though. Damn it. <laughs> uh, tonight, we're going to talk about a game uh, that we both played, as we do for all of the games that we cover. <laughs> so One day, I kind of just want to wing it. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about a game we've never played, Dave. <laughs> Let's not. Let's, Let's not. talk about Soma. Oh, like Shokugeki no Soma? Did they make a game of the anime, or? No. <laughs> I might have played the wrong game this week, and I apologize. Oh, that's alright. It's not alright, Dave. But Soma is another game by Frictional Games. You might remember them from our Amnesia episode. That's true, yeah. They Same did people. both of those games. Mm-hmm. Did they make anything else? Or is it just those two? No, no, that was it. That was oh. just those two. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in a similar vein to Amnesia, you get to have another great storytelling over first-person exploratory. You got some puzzles. You got some frights and spooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably I'd say fewer fewer spooks, but uh, it's definitely a, another interesting storytelling game. Um, Soma is mechanically a uh, not completely linear, but mostly linear, uh, sort of a, a adventure exploration game um, with uh, some horror mechanics kind of tied in there, but most of its atmosphere. This sounds a lot like Scuba Amnesia, Jake. <laughs> it's it's pretty similar to Scuba Amnesia. Uh, I guess it's it's similar because you uh, you may not have your memories. <laughs> Yeah, the way Frictional likes to do their games, two they made so far up until this point, you kind of start out knowing very little about your character and your place in the world or environment you're kind of thrown in mm-hmm. with a little bit of dash of mystery. Like, okay, I kind of have to discover as I go along. Right. So as you start out, you are this guy, Simon Jarrett. You know that you were recently in a car crash and you're checking emails, and you have like a doctor's appointment you're going to go to, and they're going to do a brain scan. You have to drink some fluid to help for the trace. And you kind of mill around your apartment to start off. Yeah, and uh, your doctor calls you and, uh, you know, reminds you to drink the fluid, like you said, and then invites you over for your appointment, right? And you head over to his office, and uh, there's no secretary there. The door is locked. It's completely empty. Yeah. It's basically the sketchiest thing. And you're like, all right, I'm walking out of this with my kidneys. <laughs> but uh, you can 
uh, find a password, I believe, something like a password, and uh, get through the door, and finally actually meet the doctor who's just back there in his office. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you come in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And uh, he uh, talks to you a bit, talks to you about the a- accident, and uh, you're undergoing this kind of experimental treatment, and they're taking a scan of your brain uh, in preparation for that, uh, in hopes that they can stop this like internal hemorrhaging, essentially, that's slowly going on in your brain. So your character, Simon, kind of remarks to the doctor, hey, is this going to hurt? Because it's a new procedure, he's a little bit apprehensive. Mm-hmm. And the doctor says, no, it's pretty much just going to be like we're taking a picture of your brain. There's like a little photo- photograph. And then Simon retorts, the Indians used to believe that if they had a photo- photograph taken of them, it would capture their soul. Oh, right. To which the doctor kind of laughs and says, well, let's hope they're not right. <laughs> and then the scan starts. Uh, it goes dark for you. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, you wake up in the same room, but everything has changed. Yeah. You're like in a similar chair, right? But like the, the room layout is like darker and it's, it's immediately noticeably is different, right? Yeah. The same door isn't there. It's like an industrial door made of steel. Everything's kind of... I don't want to use the term dank because of memes. Right. But it's a very dank room. Mm-hmm. Everything seems kind of moist. Um, nothing's really clean. Yeah. Like I said, the whole thing is very dark and dingy. Yeah. And you see other equipment that wasn't in the room before as well. Yeah, so something's clearly up. The game's afoot. And uh, you depart the room and have to start piecing together exactly where you are and and uh, how to deal with your environment right you're in this uh, very different environment um, and it doesn't take you long to discover that you are uh, on a facility uh, at the at the bottom of the ocean underwater so we've been there obviously in <laughs> in other games but this is completely different <laughs> And uh, kind of exploring the facility, uh, it's futuristic. There's technology involved that, although it doesn't seem like it's too far into the future, it's... Things you've never encountered before, for sure. Right. It's clearly not happening in present day. And, you know, based off the opening, you don't know roughly, you don't know exactly when uh, all of this is going down. You assume current day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, this seems beyond that somehow. So then after a little bit, you're kind of exploring around, you find what seems to be a control room, and there seems to be some controls you can interact with for turning some things on, maybe give you some more clues about where you are. Right. But you see this machine that is hooked up to the control panel, and it seems to be drawing power. It doesn't really seem to be giving off anything except for like a couple of noises. Yeah. So you you unplug it so you can actually... Try to interact with the control panel. Divert some power. And it makes this noise, and it doesn't sound like a happy noise. It's kind of unsettling in a way. Yeah. But being the trooper that you are, you kind of move past that real quick. Right. You're like, huh, that was weird. And you turn part of the facility on by flipping some switches, and you're actually able to get a call out, the kind of transmission to other parts of the facility. Mm-hmm. Hey, where the fuck am I? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Kind of the, the call into the wild, hoping to get some response back at this point. Because this facility is seemingly deserted at this point. Either everybody's taking a nap, 
or there's not that many people around. Oh yeah, nap time. <laughs> I know about nap time. Yeah, and so does that robot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, call goes out, and a voice answers you. Right, Catherine calls back, and uh, you know this first uh, human contact that you you have in some capacity, and she's immediately like, "Who are you?" How did you get here? <laughs> How do I not know you? How do you just show up here, right? Yeah. And Simon, you know, explains where he's from. He's from Toronto and uh, tries to, you know, uh, describe to her, like, what he most recently remembers. And she's like, right, uh-huh, Toronto. <laughs> yeah, you're both kind of skeptical of each other because you don't know too much. She doesn't know how you got here. You definitely don't know how you got here. Yeah. But basically, she says, or reaches out to you saying, hey, uh, we should try and meet up. I'm over at this other facility. If you can make your way over here, there's actually like a better intercom so we can communicate. Right. Because the one you have is very patchy because everything's kind of busted to shit. The yeah. fact that it works at all is kind of a mini miracle. It's an AM signal. <laughs> Fuck AM radio. <laughs> Audio I, do, I do ham radio. Good luck, my friend. Good luck. Audio quality like our first podcast. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you you know, you know, have a goal, right? It's how do I uh, establish contact with this person? I'm going to go talk to her more and get an idea of what's going on here. Um, and you have to make your way forward. Now, <laughs> there is an obstacle uh, preventing you from going forward, which is uh, you run across some more machinery. I think it's like a stairwell or a doorway that you need to open up that's depowered. So this is the second time you've encountered a puzzle where you need to route some power to uh, complete the puzzle. But uh, on the actual like energy tracks, basically, that the power has to travel through, um, you see a robot, right? Similar to the one that we found in the control room. But this one starts talking to you. Mm -hmm. Saying like, hey, have you seen anybody around? Could you help me out? I'm kind of stuck here. Yeah. And you're like, huh? <laughs> Are, you? Are you talking to me? You got the classic Alice in Wonderland kind of. Yeah. Are you talking? You shouldn't be talking to me. <laughs> Are you talking to me? <laughs> And you're like, hey, what are you doing here? And it's like, oh, like there's an accident and some stuff and I'm stuck here. Could you please go get some help? Yeah. And you're like, hey, but you're a robot. Yeah. It's like, ha, ah, funny joke. What are you talking about? It's like, no, seriously. It's like, I'm sitting right here. It's like, quit dicking around. Yeah. Like, I'm person, like, get me some help, please. Yeah. So you're like, oh, okay. You kind of put a pin in that. Uh -huh. And you kind of go exploring around a little bit. You find the switch that routes the power, but the robot is on the tracks. So you go exploring around a little bit more to see if you can find somebody to help your new friend out. And maybe like 30 feet away around the corner, you find this dead body. And you pick up the name tag of the dead body to see who it was. Yeah. And it is the exact same name that the robot gave you moments ago. Yeah. Like same job title, everything. To again quote Jake, the game is afoot. Yes. Some shit's going on. So eventually you get what you need to, to uh, the tools that you need to go back and reroute uh, the power. But the trick here is, the caveat is, if you reroute the power, you essentially have two options here. The first is route it through, the, uh, through this uh, 
conduit basically that the robot's on, which will electrocute him continually. And if you do that, he yells out like, well, like what the F are you doing? Right? Like he actually gets Jake, really Jake, leave the swears to me. Yes. Dave, please. What the it. fuck are you doing? <laughs> and, but in a more, you know, agonized sense. Yeah. And this isn't just, you know, without any, any amount of stress or empathy. He's really, really like feels pain. Yeah. And, uh, the, the option there is if you do that, then the exit will open and you can leave leaving him in pain. Um, the other option is you can uh, send uh, power through in such a way that it will kill him outright, which he also complains a bit about, but not continually. Uh, but it opens up an entrance into the room where this monster creature appears. And this is where we come back to uh, inspiration from amnesia. <laughs> Real quick before we talk about the monster, I just do want to point out we've now reached two points where we have had to essentially take power away for something or essentially kill it mm -hmm. in order to progress our own goals. Right. And like in, the, in this case, you could leave him alive, quote unquote, in a perpetual state of torment, but that's, yeah. that's bad too. Uh, the mercy kill choice is what provokes this confrontation with the monster and the monster is uh it's it's very similar to uh some of the monsters in amnesia kind of like slow plodding you can hear it uh, this one has a light on it so you can actually see it coming um if it gets too close to you you get this like static uh effect and it's actually not that fast if it if it detects you you can actually run away from it, which would be fine in some situations where you have like a circular area, a large place to explore. This game's not like that, though. It's corridors. So it knowing where you are and you running away from it doesn't mean that you're always going to make it. Yeah. Also, once it spots you, it picks up speed like a little yeah. choo-choo train. It just starts going and it starts making louder noises, too. Mm -hmm. Like it is angry almost. Yeah. It's trying to hunt you down. It's like d distorted sounds and things coming from it. It's it's some sort of uh, some sort of machine construct. It's it's tortured in some ways. The way it sounds. If it manages to catch you at this point, then it will actually uh, hit you, knock you out, and then you'll wake up uh, somewhere else, like a little bit further back or in a different location. Uh, but it doesn't kill you. Which is, you know, pretty interesting. This is different than the amnesia approach for sure. Yeah. But similar to amnesia, it's you can essentially consider it a reset for that area. Right. You're like, oh, I goofed. I fucked up. It sets you back. Exactly. So mechanically, it's essentially the same. But there's an in-universe justification for not, you know, yeah. restarting out. You have some health and you like, you'll lose some health when this happens. But it's it's odd in the way it interacts with you. But you can manage to escape it. You know, you can sneak by, take some cover, and uh, try to, like, try to avoid it. I can't remember if there's a way. Could you, like, create sound in any way to try to, like, divert it, like, throw something? I don't yeah, remember. similar to Amnesia, there are some interactable objects. You can just pick it up and kind of fling it underhand. And it'll be like, oh, what was that? And it'll kind of go to inspect the area, and you kind of just do yeah. a mad dash past it. Yep, see ya. 
Try and get to the next cutscene door so it can't chase you through that. Yeah. <laughs> That's lock the trick. It, lock it on the other side, yeah. You're like, ha, I have a new save point. I am invincible. <laughs> but, uh, no, you, you do have to escape it. And once you've done that, then uh, you can uh, continue your progress to uh, to the comp station, like you said. Gotta call my girl Catherine. Gotta see what's up. Yeah. <laughs> So you finally are able to get the comm set up. You get in touch with Catherine. She explains a little bit about the facility. Right. She's kind of confused how you're still there. Yeah, curious, right. And you're not exactly sure where everybody is still. But she says, hey, I'm at this other facility, Lambda. Um, if the tram's still running, you can get to me through that. Yeah. And then we can talk more in person. Right. And, you know, this is this is the point where you're like, okay, what do you mean the other facility Lambda, right? And you uh, manage to make it here to the tram, and you have to complete another uh, rerouting power obstacle, right? But this time it's a little bit different, because instead of a robot, you find a human body, oh. which has some mechanical augments to it, and seems oh, to be hooked right. up to this life form of a, of a sense that's kind of infected a lot of the station. Yeah. And you talk to her like, oh my God, are you okay? What's going on? And she's like, it won't let me die. And you're like, what won't let you die? That's uncomfortable. (laughs) She seems in a very half alive state. Mm -hmm. Like if you've ever seen someone like a couple days before they die and they just look like pure shit because their body has given up entirely. Yeah. That's what it seems like. She's got like a pipe going through like side of like a... part of her and then like coming her, out her lungs yeah like her lungs yeah. don't work she's got like biomechanical lungs outside of her body like on the wall that are actually breathing for her and compressing up and down you're just like yeah. oh that's yeah it's a degree of unsettling for sure but you feel a little bit better about letting her be at peace because she's obviously in a, a tortured state as well right and also you want to get on the train so it's a win-win right and like this is the first person you've encountered, but it's it's fine. You've got a goal to to work towards here, and you know that people are at least around, even yeah. if they're in a, a bad state. It's somewhat reassuring in a way. Yeah. It kind of helps you touch that home base. Like people, whew, yeah, <laughs> tired of these weird talking robots. Yeah, strange. Hate robots. They're the worst. And uh, there's actually, I remember there's two power couplings you have to remove to uh, actually provide power back to the tram. And the first one, like, shuts down some of the systems, kind of, like, keeping her low. She's like, ah. And you're like, okay, well, let's just do this quick. Pull the second one, and she slumps over and kind of finally dies. But now have access to the tram. So out you go across the ocean floor to the next... Station Lambda. Yeah, Station Lambda. And uh, several of these stations will have opponents, kind of like the, the, the monster you encountered earlier. Um, and you'll you'll run into more in the future, but for now you manage to uh, finally make your way to Catherine after evading them a bit, and you know you walk into the room and wh- what do you see? Oh my God, it's another fucking robot. <laughs> we assumed that Catherine was a human based on her voice over the intercom, mm-hmm. but similar to the other robot you had to route power through, they also had a human voice. Yeah. You couldn't tell if you had your eyes closed. But it seems that she has actually been a robot for a very long time. 
And she uh, serves as this exposition font, if you will, uh, for information about what's going on. So you're down here on the bottom of the ocean. Uh, you're still not really sure exactly how you ended up here, but uh, you were on Pathos 2, which is this uh, deep sea research station. Right. And it's at multiple facilities kind of spread out across uh, the bottom of the ocean. And then some facilities, you, you find a map uh, eventually, and it shows you that there's some facilities on the abyssal plain uh, over this drop-off that are even further down. And she tells you about this uh, this this force kind of that you've encountered before, the, the WOW. WOW. WOW, <laughs> as they say, uh, which stands for Warden Unit. And its job was to protect the uh, people here in the facility. And so the uh, influence it exerted earlier was that that woman who was, you know, mortally wounded and was going to die. It uh, suffused her with uh, what what's called structure gel, which is kind of this it's black a, goop. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot of what you see dripping throughout the facility. Yeah. Uh, that kind of just binds like biology and mechanics together in this like you know system shock-esque way <laughs> it's a convenient magical glue yeah it's nanites basically <laughs> <laughs> but uh and it, it kept her alive and because that is it's imperative so she she, she tells you at some point uh, uh it happens a bit later but you're like oh we've done something to to piss it off right and she's like i don't you don't get that like it doesn't get angry it just yeah. has rules, right? It's just following its prime directive, if you will, to preserve human life in any way that it knows how. Exactly, yeah. But she also gives you the key piece of information, which is that uh, there is uh, an escape. There is an escape, and that is to make it to the Ark, right? And what is the Ark? So the Ark, um, traditionally there was... In the, in, the, in the Bible, there was one... <laughs> Jake, Jake, I got you. <laughs> yes. Now, the Ark uh, is a repository of uh, scans of people's brains that can be launched uh, using the, the system here at the facilities. The, the purpose of this whole setup is two, twofold. One, research, and the other is to uh, function as like an underwater satellite launcher, essentially, is what it is. Which doesn't make any sense, but that's what it is. Well, it, I, th I think we can probably clarify a little more. Mm -hmm. Catherine also explains to you that a comet hit the Earth and wiped out a significant portion of life. Oh, that is important. Which yeah. kind of spurred uh, a big deal of this project. Mm -hmm. And the reason that she is a robot, in a sense, is because she had her consciousness scanned and then uploaded into this robot body. Right. She was one of the first people to use the technology, basically. Right. This is the same technology that uh, was used to scan you earlier. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. Wait, does the, that mean I'm a robot? <laughs> no, that's, that can't be right. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the entire surface of the Earth has just been scorched and uh, just scoured by this comet. And the, the, they, they don't believe anybody's alive up there. But the purpose of the Ark is to take these scans and we can, you know, like, upload our consciousness 
and launch us into space. And this will be, you know, this will be our grand escape. Uh, there's no way we'll survive forever here at the bottom of the ocean. Supplies are going to run out. Systems are going to fail. Facilities will crash and be drowned by the sea, right? So this was something for the human survivors to work towards. Yeah, it's kind of the idealistic, though, because the rest of the human race was just kind of on this facility that survived. Maybe we can continue the human existence digitally. Right. And kind of create this perfect world that people would live in in virtual reality and we'll beam it up to space where it'll be safe and not going to be destroyed. And this is your out as Simon. You can have your consciousness transferred to the Ark and you'll live in this virtual reality. It'll be amazing. And this is this is the only way you survive. Yeah. As much as you are enjoying hanging around a... What's the word I want to use here? Abandoned, abandoned underwater facility, sea yeah. lab. Yeah, uh, rapture <laughs> without people <laughs> and without as nearly as many cool windows. Yeah, I, I wouldn't get a tattoo of this game. But, yeah, no, no but it's definitely underwater for sure. Yeah. Question would be like, what would the tattoo even be? <laughs> Hard to resolve. It makes just get like a lot of black, like a, almost like a sleeve, and call it structure gel. Structure gel, yeah. <laughs> That could work. Yeah, I could see that. But anyways, <laughs> uh, having gotten this goal, having uh, all of this information from her, she's like, all right, take me with you. You're like, you're a gigantic robot. <laughs> yeah. I cannot do that. <laughs> Though I am also a robot, I don't think I can just pick you up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Simon's Simon's kind of like, all right, I mean, it's weird that I can transfer my consciousness here, but I'll listen to you crazy robots. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure this out. And uh, what she suggests is that you um, go and you uh, get a multi-tool, which is like this engineering tool they'd use for like opening doors, interacting with systems, things like that. Uh, hook it up to a nearby console and download her mind, essentially. And so that's what you do. And now you have this nice uh, personal PDA, basically. Right there. Just <laughs> pocket secretary in the most literal sense. <laughs> Clippy, what's that? <laughs> yes, I do want to use this strong language. <laughs> Clippy's like, dial it back, man. He's your boss. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that begins your journey through the, uh, through the rest of the complex as you make your way to uh, where the Ark is located further on. So you have two robots trying to save the human race. At this point, I again want to point out a lot of the themes of the game seem to be around humanity and what constitutes that. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of the game, you, you play as Simon, who is a person, but now you're Simon who's not in his original body. Right. Right. And you're encountering these other robots, which you later figure out are scans of people that got uploaded into mechanical bodies. Right. And then you find people who are part mechanical so at this point, I want to push to you, Jake. Mm -hmm. What do you think constitutes this is being be a person? Big question. I, we're not going <laughs> to yeah. answer it in like a de facto way. Right. So there's, there's, there have been essays, <laughs> which I will not reference. That, I thought you were just going to read the read yeah. ones. <laughs> Let me just shuffle some papers here and uh, pick an essay out. Uh, 
but my stance is that you know you, as a, as a human as a living being uh, we have uh, our experiences stored in our memory mm-hmm. like we are a construct of everything that we've been through and that's where we develop our sense of self if you could take that exact uh, exact copy of that basically the 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 sentience and all of that that knowledge and everything and just transfer that to a different system if that wasn't biological is it any less real or human like what's the difference between machine and biology what makes people you know real just because they have mushy brains (laughs) yeah this kind of ties into westworld in a way Mm -hmm. where it's like where do you draw the line of something actually has consciousness and should be treated as a person or something that has rights right. and has feelings and emotions and can feel pain and has desires. Yeah. I don't think that there is a such a fine line there, like you're saying. And I think I think it's it's fair to say that this game also takes it to the extreme. Like these are perfect scans. This isn't like an AI simulation where you're like, all right, we're going to emulate some behaviors and things. This is an entity that believes it's a human, right? Yeah, down to the fucking core. Mm-hmm. Like the guy you encountered earlier, he didn't know that he was actually a machine. Right. He's like, I'm looking at my hands, buddy. Yeah. He didn't have hands. Yeah. He, he was essentially a rectangular prism of steel with like a kind of analog camera head. Yeah, they're really boxy. Yeah. Like kind of like helper robots. A more modern claptrap. Yeah, pretty much. Large large. Not that trap. cartoony, but yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that this game will continue to do that. It will make you face that uh dichotomy between humanity and something else. Yeah, they keep the lines blurred a lot throughout the game. But as you keep listening or playing through the game, Keep that in mind and make your own decisions on where you think that line is. Yeah, that's really what the game's about. So uh, now that we've <laughs> come to the conclusion <laughs> of the game of my on the tangent. metal point, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but having a Catherine now on your uh, multi-tool, uh, you can disembark and head to the next facility, which is Delta. Uh, unfortunately, on the way there, uh, there's. A, a rupture in your your transport and you uh, end up out in the ocean <laughs> and simon takes this with you know some level of anxiety i mean anytime you're in a, a major <laughs> vehicle accident you kind of get a little ptsd right yeah since but, he initially had an accident at the beginning of the game hence right. the brain hemorrhage ah uh, yeah it's tying it back yeah and this time he's on the bottom of the ocean and he's like, geez, I'm going to... Wait, why am I not dead? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I don't have to breathe. <laughs> and yeah, it sinks in a little bit that he's in a robot body. Yeah. So he uh, he's, uh, he, he, he comes to the realization that his consciousness is in this uh, this diving suit, this, this robot body. And uh, not too long after that, you, you finally discover that it's not just you in a robot body... It's your your consciousness inhabiting a person's body in a diving suit. The person was Imogen Reed, who was one of the uh, one of the scientists down here. Yeah, one of Catherine's colleagues. Yeah, and Pathos too. Which is weird for me. Like for I mean a lot of reasons. 
but the one that was a little bit strange that I, I didn't catch me was just like, oh, wait, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm in like, you know, a woman's body as a, as a man, actually, as Simon. I was like, is there like compatibility? Okay, no, that's fine. I guess that doesn't really cause any problems. It's kind of funny because this is when you realize that you're kind of playing as a female protagonist. So Ties back to Senua, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep, we're back to Senua. I don't know where I was going with that. It's fine. Sometimes we have tangents. It's yeah. good. Uh, so you, you have to travel on foot. Uh, at the bottom of the ocean. At the bottom of the ocean to the next facility. But you, you have help, right? Yeah, there's a one or two helper robots that are about. One is another scan of one of the technicians. And he's kind of bumbling about trying to get things fixed. Yeah. And then there's this other helper robot very akin to r2d2 mm-hmm. who is just a robot no human scans no imprinting and it has its cute beeps and boops and helps you open doors and you're just like i appreciate you yes i will take you for the rest of the game please yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it never goes that way and it reaches a place where you need a control chip from one of the robots that's out there so faced with the moral choice do you Take the uh, stun tool and incapacitate and destroy the uh, the robot out there with the help the scan of these people that believe that they're human. Yeah. Or do you sacrifice your robot buddy who's actually been useful? If you heard my first, yeah, I didn't kill the cute robot buddy. <laughs> I could not bring myself to. The cute beeps and boops were disarming to say the least. Yeah. And in some ways, it's easier to get rid of, in this this particular instance, uh, the human who's gruff and hasn't helped you at all and doesn't seem to serve any purpose, rather than the cute robot that doesn't know any better. Yeah, I think there's a perceived destruction of pure innocence in mm-hmm. the same way you wouldn't want to kick a puppy. Yeah, or a companion cube. Oh my god. <sighs> Separate game, PTSD. Yeah. But, Yeah. Normally, it's easier to remove, oh, I'll just kill a robot, it's in-game, whatever, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But when faced with that choice, if you can choose between something that's been purely helpful and not human versus something which you, is perceived to be human and not helpful, yeah. yeah, I feel like a lot of people probably made a similar choice. I think so. I think the ability to build empathy with a character uh, kind of informs your choice there. And if you do make the decision to kill the human version of the robot, mm-hmm. if you approach the other cute little robot, it will run away, oh. <laughs> which is sad, but it realizes it's potentially in danger and right. it wants to preserve its own life. Right. Similar to how you have wanted to preserve your own life by avoiding these terrifying mechanical monstrosities we keep encountering throughout the game and you wanting to preserve the life or the existence of humanity by u- utilizing the arc. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Everything wraps back. It wraps back, and it's here to make you sad. Uh, and uh, kind of as you're continuing through this, uh, for essentially the rest of the game, or very, for most of it, uh, any time that uh, Catherine is, you can, like, put her in a machine. You can, like, put the multi-tool down. She'll interact with the machine and inhabit it, basically. Uh, there's a whole bunch of dialogue going on between you and her. And she has this really, like, calm, uh, collected personality. She completely accepts that 
she's just a scan and is going to make it to the Ark. Yeah, well, she was a scientist beforehand. Yeah. So, and she also knows about the technology. So she's <laughs> like, oh, I, this is my shit. I got yeah. you. Yeah. So she's very, like, calm, relaxed, pragmatic about things. And you just, being a guy from Toronto, yeah, freak out about a lot of shit as you go. Classic Canadian. <laughs> Classic Simon. <laughs> Uh, and she's got this kind of cold uh, necessity to her. It's like she's the one that tells you when you need to go off, and you're just like, "Hey, depower that robot over there, break it apart for like a control ship, so we can, you know, use this zeppelin, which is kind of like an underwater z- zeppelin, zeppelin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with uh, uh, some some fans and like a cargo grate underneath that you transport on. Uh, but that's how you that's how you reach the next location. Which is facility Theta. Theta, yes. And Theta has uh, some living quarters uh, for people. There's um, bunks, rooms with personal effects. There's a lot of like logs throughout the game where you can uh, read or hear about uh, the the personal experiences of the humans that were here, and Pathos too. So at this point, in the kind of flashback and going through the logs you get to hear a lot more about people's opinions of this project and the scans right and you overhear Catherine's frustration on a call with another person where essentially a person who had just been scanned had committed suicide like several days afterwards yeah in the hopes that this will all be resolved soon they already have a scan of my brain what's the worst that's going to happen right so people are just offing themselves yeah. To just get this going. They kind of had this belief that if they killed themselves close enough to the time when they were scanned, that they would end up in the arc, right? That their consciousness would be, be what ended up there. Yeah, if you already have my consciousness, I don't need this body anymore. Just mm-hmm. beam me up Scotty, right? Yeah. But you actually get to interact with some of the other scans because you're trying to, yet again for another puzzle get some access codes right none of them are written around this time so you have to go ask one of the technicians who you have a scan of so you essentially power them back on and they're awaking for the first time for from however long ago right just like Catherine's reawakening and these machines time had not passed for this person and you're now asking them questions yeah and they're kind of like hey where am I? What the fuck's going on? Right, because this is right after their scan for them, right? They yeah. sat down in the machine, and now they're here. And the room's different. Yeah. So you essentially have to pick some dialogue options and lie to them to kind of coerce the information out of them. Yeah. You want them to feel calm and relaxed and pliable, because in any state like that, I know I would panic. Yeah. And you see these people panicking because their reality's been just pulled out from under them. Right. And in in some ways, the convincing in the dialogue isn't enough. You can't just be like, hey, I think that uh, you should really, you know, tell me the, the codes. You know, we're all both on the same team. And this uh, guy's case, uh, you have to set up a situation with him there with his girlfriend where everything's really, really comfortable. Just basically, you have to go to his quarters, get information about him, and then you can use that information in the simulation. And you build, you construct a lie, essentially, which is everything's fine. You're here with your loved ones. Like, you know, we just need the codes. You know, it's, don't worry about it. 
everything's fine. And you reduce his stress. And if he uh, stresses out too much in any of these simulations, then the simulation shuts down and you reboot him from that clean state, clean slate. And it's just crazy. Like this was, this was one of the like, okay, we're, we're awake and we're playing the game moments for me. Yeah. Cause everything you've done has been kind of ethically questionable up until this point here and mm-hmm. there, but it's, it's all for the sake of progress, right? You have a good goal. You want to save humanity. Right. But this is one of those times where you're really confronted with another person having emotions and feeling and pain. Yeah. And you're kind of forcing that upon them. Right. And you get to really live it firsthand. It's like a, if, if someone's experiencing all of this pain and sorrow or like they're distraught, they're upset, uh, as a human with empathy you may feel the tendency, like the urge to, you know, alleviate that to help them. That's completely worthless here. Just reset it, do it again. And that like cold necessity is driven home because instead of just doing it once, like you're plugging on unplugging power, like earlier in the game, it's a constant cold necessity. It's an iteration of this. You're turning it into a process to manipulate this guy until you can get the information you need out of him. Yeah, and thankfully you have Catherine's cold, pragmatic self to kind of guide you along because Mm -hmm. Simon, like us, is much more empathetic and much more, we'd consider human in nature. Right. And he's he has hesitations. He has remorse. Catherine doesn't have that problem. She's (laughs) perfectly willing to manipulate this guy. Um, And she's pretty good at it. Like, she'll keep him under, under... uh, stress till you can get all the information they need. And finally you do. And the information you need are the cipher codes for a, uh, deep sea submarine called the Dunbat of all things. It's a really dumb name. <laughs> the Dumbat. Dumbat. <laughs> What's that Zubat evolution? Dumbat. <laughs> you idiot. And, uh, you finally get those cipher codes from them. You can go there activate it go to turn it on and it has the scan of a human in it it has someone's mind in the systems it's alive which uh is a very disconcerting experience for mr dunbat <laughs> and uh it just goes crazy breaks free of its morning moorings and just dives into the ocean and who knows what happens to that yeah, all of the transports you seem to have in this game seem to have very haphazard endings, like crashing into things or derailing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, it's it's a pretty rough experience overall. <laughs> but uh, now it's time for Plan B. We need a way to get to the uh, deep sea where the Ark is located uh, in the abyss, well, and we should go down then. Yeah, probably down and to the surface we go. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, now that the deep-sea submarine's out of the equation, deep-sea diving suit. Conveniently enough, you find a diving suit nearby, have to assemble a couple of other pieces to get it ready, Mm -hmm. but Catherine tells you, similar to how you got your consciousness into this body, we can just, you know, put you in the other body. Simple as that. So after some apprehension, a little bit of dialogue, you're like, all right, let's do it. Make the jump. You go back into that driver's seat, 
which is what you keep sitting in for transfers. And the process goes, and you kind of hear a voice, which sounds like your own voice. Uh-huh. And you're, then you, you wake up, and you're, you're in the suit. Everything went fine. But you're like, what was that voice, Catherine? What was that voice? And you walk over into the other room, and you see that same body that you were just in, yeah. but unconscious. It's like some breathing sounds coming from the actual bo- the body there, right? Yeah. And so you ask Catherine, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. there's. It doesn't make sense for me to be here and to also be where I was. Yeah. And she says, like, Simon, I was like, I've told you this before. You're not paying attention. And he really wasn't, apparently. Uh, I can't, like, just transfer your consciousness. It's a copy. She just outright says it, basically. Yeah. Um, like we have, we have to get you in this new suit. We have to get you down there uh, to the abyss. This is the only way we could do it. I can't move your consciousness. You're a cop. Like this is a copy. Yeah. Which bothers Simon a bit. Um, and you know, after in- internalizing some of his his conflicts here with the realization that he's literally a copy, and there's no you know pure consciousness transfer the game gives you an option you can leave your existing body there in this kind of unconscious state it might wake up in the future it might not you don't know uh, or you can power it off you can kill it right there in which case the old uh like robotic head that's uh, been f- like fitted to the uh the corpse there uh, will power down and the eyes go out slowly which is all kind of really intense because if you consider it, you're just, if you consider yourself just as a copy or a clone of Simon, do you really have the same desires and goals? Right. Yes, I, I would say you do. But which one of you deserves to live? Yeah. It's kind of like if you had a clone, like, do you kill yourself, dissect <laughs> yeah. yourself? Like, what is the place <laughs> if there's two of the identical same entity? Yeah. Right? If you just... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, out of mercy and not wanting to have what this point is, the original Simon compared to you, Mm -hmm. uh, suffer through just being trapped underwater in this facility until the end of time, I chose to kill off that version of Simon. Right. To also progress the story and be the one true Simon Highlander style. I was literally going to make the joke. Yeah. I was waiting for it. I was just like, Highlander rules. Here Highlander. we go. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. I'm glad we can take that that deep, you know, kind of, oh, man, this is such a like internal conflict. Highlander. <laughs> just behead him. Get that Scottish lightning going. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Did you make the same decision? I did, yeah. I, I felt like it had more finality to it, and I had the same... I basically played through the game, like, mercy killing everything <laughs> to a certain extent which maybe makes me a bad person but i imagine you kind of like sneaking up and just doing like the steven seagal like head snap and just shh, 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 shh. no it's fine it's for the best <laughs> it's for humanity but regardless of your choice you now have the deep sea diving suit and you can uh, head to the climber which is this deep sea elevator basically exactly yeah just a platform and it's kind of a caged in uh, area so you close the cage head on down and uh it gets dark <laughs> it gets dark real quick yes yeah but like, now we have more exposition with Catherine. 
It's true. Because you're going down for, I believe, like a couple of minutes. Yeah. And you, you can't really do much else besides chat. Yeah. This is the time to talk. And to uh, to start that conversation, you know, you're talking to her about, like, are we, is this all we are? Are we just copies? Like, Simon is finally coming at this from a non, like, um, aggressive stance. He's not, you know. Not like, purely emotional, not reactive. Yeah. This is him starting to internalize the fact that, you know, real Simon is long past dead. Like, the Simon that he thought he was is now either trapped in the facility, left behind, or dead. Yeah, right. And he's just, he's just a scan. He's just another imprint on a robot. But even though he didn't have organic origins, he's still the current version of Simon. Right. So, for all intents and purposes, he's Simon. He's the ultimate progenitor of... <laughs> Uh, Simon's will going forward, right? <laughs> Main protagonist of Simon's quest. <laughs> and to, uh, I bequeath in my will all of my possessions to myself. <laughs> yeah. And you head down to the, the deep ocean floor, which is a really interesting place. I think this is uh, graphically and kind of uh, thematically one of the more interesting places for me in the game. The whole game, I just want to say, is really beautiful and well laid out yeah. but the abyss they did some extra attention of detail there's a uh there's this underwater current mechanic um where you have to uh, make it to cover essentially and if you don't then you, you'll be swept away by these just they're they're basically wind storms underwater traveling on yeah the currents <laughs> yeah, yeah currents um it's very dark. You have to uh, illuminate some lights, activate a generator, follow them through. And if you stray from this path of lights, it's kind of a series of beacons where when you reach one light, you'll see the next one somewhere off there in the current. Uh, if you stray from those light sources, a, a giant squid that's actually been mutated or changed by structure gel uh, will attack you and like knock you out or whatever, which forces you back on the path. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a really intense area cause it's kind of like, uh, this is a weird reference, but like, uh, this sandstorm in uh, legend of Zelda Ocarina of time, mm. it's basically a similar thing. You're following from one point to another point, And if you screw up, then well, we tried. <laughs> and, uh, so it sounds like you like this area. Yeah. It was, okay. It, it was <laughs> I wasn't really, sure. It was really intense for me. One thing that made me really uncomfortable and some people, probably stop playing the game at this point depending on how bad their phobia is is there's a cave that you have to pass through to make it to the other uh, the other side which is what that means and it's full of these like pale spiders yeah that are just like deep sea spiders just covering the floor and the ceiling and everything and they shy away from the light as all of the creatures do obviously because you're in the abyss uh, and it was really just ugh, going through that I don't even think you. I don't think you're at risk of anything there. It was just an uncomfortable place to be. It's just a bit of a spider ambiance. Yeah. But eventually, you make it through there and end up on Station Tau. Station Tau. And on Station Tau, you encounter somebody, an actual somebody. You encounter the last living human. Yeah. She has stowed herself away here, as she has been safeguarding the Ark 
which you've been looking for the whole game to beam up into space. And she's been holding on to it to protect it, and she hasn't had really the will to do that herself, mm-hmm. to send the Ark up into space via Pathos 2. And after like talking with her for a bit, she's willing to give you the Ark, saying, like, please go do this. It's, yeah. been, it's been overdue. Yeah. But she's also hooked up to life support, like an actual iron lung type thing. Mm. She's not aged well. She obviously doesn't have a lot of supplies down there at the bottom of the ocean. Right. And she asks you to kill her. Yeah. Because she's been living a very uncomfortable life. She's been slowly dying. She doesn't want to die here alone, right? No. You're just slowly, like, over time. Yeah, that's not the way to go. No. And she's she's willing to just relinquish her existence, but she asks you to do it for her. And this is the first time that you were kind of given the option to do I kill this person out of mercy mm-hmm. at their behest or do I leave them here? Right. And also, do you end human existence, physical human flesh existence yeah. for all the rest of time? Or do you let her wait an extra year or so? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty serious decision. It's like, mechanically, it's not a different choice than anything else. You activate the option to turn off your life support, or you don't. But, I mean, the weight of everything else that the game has put you through, you've you've read all these audio logs, you know about all the people here on Pathos 2, uh, like, all of the, the, the nonsense they went with, like, went through the tragedies, like, what they did to survive, and the fact that they continued to survive knowing that humanity's time was limited, and this is the culmination of it. This is This is it at the end. And I'm, I mean, for me, I, I had, I had to, you know, grant her request. I was like, this is it, this is humanity. But uh, I'm curious, what did, what did you pick for your playthrough? This is actually one of the times I think I left her. Yeah. I think I was, from like an out of game context, curious to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. Right after talking about like mercy and everything, I was like, peace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, <you>, old lady. <laughs> and I think she starts yelling at you as you leave yeah because i just i took the arc and left mm-hmm. there's like a an elevator or something to like bring the arc down and it's kind of like a big capsule yeah 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 no i, I don't know I'm, i don't think i could do that it's uh well unless uh, literally the exact same reasoning does this change anything in the game right Human curiosity will often make you make interesting decisions in games for the sake of what's going to happen. Yeah, it's true. But I do feel bad about that, <laughs> looking back. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I don't think she'll hold it against you. She's, she's dead. not real people. Well, <laughs> she's well past dead by now. How long? How old, how old was your save file? There's no way. Uh, but yeah, now you have the arc, and you can proceed, follow uh, Catherine's directions, hook it up into this undersea launcher that's going to launch it through the final uh, facility, which is... Uh, Omega. Omega, right, on the surface, uh, which is kind of the uh, the final, like, acceleration point for this uh, delivery system that will launch the Ark into space. And it's going to go in on... They've prepared everything. They have the satellite ready. Everything is ready to be launched. They just needed to deliver the Ark. Yeah, and... but circumstances and a lot of 
deaths and other things and human reluctance kind of postponed that happening. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, there's plenty of things in the way. Um, but you broke through all of that. You're there, you're there with the arc and Simon is prepared to make that final upload and get his consciousness into the arc. This is his, this is his out. This is his chance. You load the arc onto the launcher. You start the countdown. Catherine has told you that the launch sequence and the, also the upload of your consciousness onto the arc has been tied to the same switch. The 30 seconds are counting down. The facility is shaking as it would for any type of rocket launch. Yeah. And as it's counting down, you see the, the progress bar of Catherine's consciousness being uploaded onto the arc and then yours. Yeah. And it gets close. It gets down to the wire. You're getting a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. And then in like the last two seconds, the, down, the upload completes. And you're so relieved, so happy. <laughs> Simon's ecstatic that, yeah, I've made it onto the arc. Hold up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you see things launch off. And Simon starts to freak out a bit. He's like, what the hell? Like, I thought we were on the arc. Yeah. And Catherine says, we are. Mm-hmm. But in the same way that you are a copy the copy was uploaded to the arc right and you are still here because somebody needed to be in the pilot seat somebody needed to do that so she's there with you kind of there at the end yeah and simon's freaking out yeah and she's trying to still be pragmatic and calm and say like hey like we did a great thing but like this is the way it had to be yeah and he gets frustrated and starts like punching things and breaks the screen and then he can't hear her anymore. Yeah. Everything powers down. He's in yeah. complete darkness. And he starts freaking out cuz he's now truly alone. Yeah. At the bottom of the ocean, the last possible conscious or living thing there. And that's where he 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 ends his time. Yeah. Yep, that's not the way I'd choose to go, personally, but it is a, a heck of an ending to that. But it's not it's not all bad. True, true. You wake up uh, from this experience, and uh, you are the consciousness aboard the Ark. And it's, it's a pretty nice place overall. It's green trees, everything's lush, it looks amazing. It's designed to be this a this paradise. Yeah. For the uh, for the scans, and you head through. You can actually answer a questionnaire, which is kind of funny. Uh, the second point in the game that you actually could. Mm-hmm. It comes up a bit earlier, and it's asking you how you perceive how you the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like how you perceive reality, um, just how your reaction to things are, and you can answer in whatever way you like. It's really for the player. Yeah. <laughs> at this point but you follow this path and ultimately end up at uh, i believe it's a beach right and uh, you see uh, a woman staring off to to see and uh, approach her and, and call out to Catherine. and that's officially where the game ends yeah
So simultaneously, a version of Simon died at the bottom of the ocean, and a version of Simon uh, got uploaded to the Ark to be with all of the other copies of humanity that they were able to save as scans. Right. And this is this is the thing Simon didn't understand until the very very end despite like some of the evidence that had been shown and the game gives you a lot of hints that that's exactly how things work simon doesn't pick up on it though um he believes in the coin flip principle which is whenever he's being transferred to a different body uh he has a chance to be the the success and that's what uh catherine actually tells him right and he takes that chance because he's gonna take he's gonna take the risk, um, but that's not the way it works. Yeah, it's similar to the in the Prestige. You have that coin flip. Sometimes I wake up on the other side, and sometimes I'm the one who dies. Right. Spoilers for the Prestige. <laughs> yeah, it's been out forever. I don't care. But... <laughs> so really, the the theme of the game, the thing that's been iterated on over and over again, that's kind of shown to you in all these different examples, is like what is humanity what is it to be alive and these moments like what actually constitutes a person and they make simon a very emotive character yeah uh, to, to emphasize this he's 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 your every man basically he's had some troubles he might not at all times be all that bright but he believes very strongly about whatever he's doing and he has this strong sense of ethics and um, a care for other people so it's uncomfortable when he has to hurt other people. It's it's designed to put the player in situations where they're uncomfortable. So at the end of it, they're thinking, you know, about what this what this future would be like, like, and what humanity's gone through and the end of humanity, and if that really just means the end of everything, or if like e- even at the end when there's the scans on the arc, is that hopeful? Like, is that a hopeful end, or is it still... Is that just, like, a VR prison? Exactly. Like, do do the scans account for anything in the end, since humanity's over? I think it counts as something. I think at some points you have to, especially with the advancement of technology in the game, you have to loosen your definition of a human is... 80% 80% this, 20% this. Right. It can't just come down to biology. It comes down to like the sentience and right. character of person. The embodiment of like as I'm just going to say a lot of words. Right. No. I, <laughs> and I hope that people can infer my meaning, but the game really does make you think and kind of draw these lines throughout like Right. Is it this? Is it is a robot, does that cross the line? What if the robot talks? Right. What if they're like 90% human and like 1% robot? Right. What if it's you? Would you kill you? Right. If it was a clone, would you... What if they believe they're human? Yeah. Like, would the fact that they're a robot performing robot functions make them harder to empathize with? Or easier if they're very helpful, very cheerful? Yeah. It's all about testing those lines until you until you arrive at the end and it has you know this overarching story which is uh it's definitely interesting you know it's a it's a novel concept they take some tropes that are you know pretty common like you know here's your evil 
um, or at least antagonistic AI kind of above you and uh, here's the desolation of Earth, things like that. But they build them up in such a way that the question becomes about humanity instead of, you know, instead of focusing too much on the apocalypse itself. It's the personal apocalypse. Yeah, it's a lot of that is just set up as a setting for the storytelling. Right. Because it's really what you're doing and why you're doing it. The how doesn't really matter so much. It's just you as Simon making these choices and these actions. So a lot of the obstacles you come across in the game, the shared one from Amnesia being the monsters, right? Right. I don't think Amnesia as a whole had a great overarching message that they were trying to convey. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of a mechanic that got added to the game. But here, I think some of the monsters and a lot of the puzzles and trials you face, these obstacles, things crashing, your modes of transportation not being successful or convenient, or things keep going wrong, you as the character Simon keep trying to push forward and cling to your own life as you perceive it. Right. And for the hopeful persistence of humanity in some fashion. That's actually, I think that's a really good point. It's the the instinct to survive that pushes Simon forward. And it's his human instinct, even though he's not a human. And even when he kind of realizes that at the end, it's still pushing him forward. He can't escape that. And, I mean, Catherine takes advantage of that, obviously. And I I empathize a lot with Catherine because she's kind of... She sees this goal in her own way. Like, Simon's pushing forward for his own survival, Catherine's pushing forward because she was here when the Ark Project was established. Like, she sees this as the final accomplishment of humanity, even if humanity doesn't exist. Just sending that Ark off into space is enough, even if she, she's, she'll never be on it. And she realizes that. Well, at least that version of her won't be on it. Yeah. Exactly. She personally, this instance of her personality will never be on it. And I think the two of them working together and like fighting off of each other, playing off each other and um, testing those boundaries like we were talking about is really like the core theme of Soma. Yeah. Another thing I really like about this game in comparison to Amnesia is you have the inner character dialogue. You have somebody to like bounce things off of and it's a very human conversation. Like, it's anecdotal at times, there's frustration, there's companionship, there's something there. Yeah, sarcasm even, right? (laughs) Yeah, and it it ties in really well to the emotions you'd expect to experience as Simon, or the lack of emotion you'd expect to experience as Catherine. Right. And it fits really well together, and builds a cohesive story on top of, I would say, entertaining gameplay, and really nice graphics for, they don't need to be that intensive for the medium of the story yeah this is a story-based game this yeah. is here to tell your story make you feel and at the end you'll have experienced something i think that's where we're gonna close off on today's episode thank you everybody for listening once again it is myself dave and my buddy i'm jake and we are the soapstone if you have any questions comments concerns or suggestions please email us at soapstone podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. And we'll be happy to hear from you.
keep looking forward to new episodes traditionally around Sundays. Yep. You'll they'll be available Monday because I'll edit it Sunday night at <laughs> two AM. <laughs> Check Monday morning at, at the latest for sure. Yep. But thank you and we'll see you in the next one. Yep. Take care. You know, I woke up in my bed today. It just happens to have happened a hundred years ago. Sounds like a riddle. It does. I woke up in my bed today, a hundred years ago. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I?